0: So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Krasin Ud. Thanks a lot for joining us. You absolutely killed it and look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 39 of Easy Conversations, extremely excited to be back with Matt. Say what's up to the people.
1: What's up everyone? Happy to be here again and hope everyone's staying safe.
0: Yes, sir. So for this one it'll just be the two of us A nice uh, change of pace It's been a while since we did an episode just us two Yeah for this episode we will be discussing A movie phenomenon that really hit In the early slash mid 2010s which was the teen dystopian drama film series. Can't say trilogies because most of the movies became four parts because the last movie was split into two. The last book was split into two anyways. You know what I'm trying to say. So um, mainly going over the Hunger Games trilogy because that's the only one that I've read and seen all the movies. Matt, I don't know about you, for series like Divergent, Maze Runner. I don't know if you've seen any of those movies in their entirety. But I'm more of a Hunger Games guy myself when it comes to those movies.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Hunger Games is my favorite. I've seen about three quarters of the uh, Divergent and Maze Runner series. So, like, I'm just missing the last ones for those ones. But I never... I'll get deeper into that later. Okay. But Hunger Games is definitely the highlight.
0: For sure. And I think Hunger Games is the big one that got all these other series going, right? That was the domino effect, really. And to me, all the others were just kind of cheap knockoffs, and that's why I don't think I had much interest in going to see those movies. I don't know about you, but
1: exactly like in 2012 when Hunger Games came out and then made a bunch of money, they looked at all the other books, teen series, and they're like, "Oh, let's make this, let's make that," and then similar like uh, a cast like of teens, and and I I mean it worked. They they made the other s- series made money too, but. That happens with any trend in any like genre of movies. Just imitators, and it'd be stupid not to do that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Got to go man.
0: with the trends, I guess. In your opinion, what do you think made those series as popular as they were? If you can list one or a few
1: things that you'd say, I think they were popular because of the like the age of the cast. Like, t- people of that age group liked seeing people like the same age group on screen and they could relate to them and they had some of the same issues not like they were dealing with the same stuff you know like love and you know love triangles and stuff like that i think the teenagers could relate to the stuff in the movies and then they flocked out to the theater to go see them because that was a demographic for those movies that's the big thing i think for me
0: yeah and um having a fight for their lives and arenas but well that's um, the
1: entertainment part of it yeah
0: Yes, I agree. I think there's a lot of relatable stuff in there, like for teenagers especially. Like I was in high school when I read the Hunger Games books, the first one, and um, yeah, it's definitely relatable, minus all the dystopian stuff. But the elements mm-hmm. of like love triangles, I think that's a key component that you need to have in any successful teen drama series. Is a good love triangle. You gotta have the guy. Or, girl, that you want to end up with the other, but then it's the other guy or girl who gets the girl or guy. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's something to keep you motivated to keep watching to see what's going to happen romantically between the characters. And um, I guess, like, you now for relatable, I think this would be extreme to say, but what Hunger Games I think really puts in display is the, the innate violent traits that we could exhibit if we had to, right? So what that setting specifically does to shift it to Hunger Games is put those kids in a situation where, whether they like it or not, they're going to have to indulge in some violence to either to either live or die, right? So it's kind of a, a reflection of what we could be capable of doing and also makes us think, how would we react or act in that situation, right?
1: Yeah, well said. And like the two things I love about Hunger Games the most, that's one of them right there, is like how people react in that battle royale type scenario where it's the last man wins and it's like the the means justify the end because like you want to live. So you will do anything to survive. And that's like probably my favorite thing in the series, along with another thing I'll touch on after. And I don't, nobody knows how they would react in that scenario until it happens to them. Like I can say, oh, I would do this and that, but then as soon as, you know, the timer hits zero and you got to go, I don't know how I would react or anyone would react really.
0: Yeah. That's something I wanted to talk about with you there and we can just get right into it. So I think me at 18 and under, obviously would have had a way less of a chance to do anything. I think I had no, I would have had no chance if I was 18 or younger in the games, I'm dead right off the bat but now 26 a little more personable i think maybe i could mingle with the with the careers districts the one to threes maybe get on their good side like a young Peter Mellark, who i absolutely despise is going to get into that later but anyways <laughs> do what you got to do to survive so i think um, i don't think i would have had i would have a would have had a shot when i was younger but now i think i'd do better, still not win, probably not, let's be real here. It'd be interesting, I'd be shitting myself though, 100%. Like you said, when that timer hits zero, I'd probably panic. And it's the people who have really, have ice in their veins that would do well in those pressure situations.
1: Yeah, the, the way I see it, when that timer hits zero, you're either doing, you should be doing two things. Bolting straight for the weapons, or bolting the other way in the forest and trying to play a survival game. I, to me, it's you're playing a survival game or you're going all in at the beginning, but then you see guys like Kato from District 1 just like disemboweling people and like <laughs> cutting them up. So it's like, do you do you take your chances against him? Probably not. You probably try to befriend him if you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, one of the best, if what I would do is honestly try to befriend them. And if they ask me to take watch at night when they're sleeping, like that's my time to strike. But I, I'm i guessing like everyone's aware of that and, you know, you don't sleep too uh, deeply.
0: No, that would be the play I agree But then Mm -hmm. again, if you're just going for the weapons right away, like how the setup was in the first movie in The Hunger Games, the cornucopia. Mm -hmm. And if you go out there, I mean, that's it. You don't have to live in fear for the rest of the games where you probably if by the time all the people have died in the beginning and then the others have all gotten their weapons and you bolted towards the forest, you're at a disadvantage mm-hmm. compared to the ones who got out of the cornucopia with all the weapons and this strong alliance. So I think your odds are even worse by that point. So I think you got to just give it your all. Go in and out with a bang, I think. And if you got to get disemboweled yeah. by Cato, well, it's a good way to go, I guess.
1: Yeah, um, but bolting for the forest, you're not going to be one of those first... 12 or 13 that get killed and in the second movie they mentioned two of the past victors like they just won by survival Mm -hmm. they just outlasted everybody because you do have to eat and like i wonder what happened that'd be a future thing where we could see like what happens if it goes on and on forever like do they do they force the interactions with like fire and stuff or like maybe a fortnight like they shrink the the dome Mm -hmm. so like you have less room to go i was gonna say
0: this is literally like real life Fortnite, basically yeah real life yeah. in the movies obviously there mm-hmm. um i think yeah the game masters or game makers would intervene and make the map smaller or force them like they kind of steered katniss when she was getting away right in the first movie mm-hmm. she was just going off the grid they steered her back to yeah. that pack kato's squad right. and um mm-hmm. while we're on the first movie still i want to say kato extremely underrated character i think he was a sick mm-hmm. villain and should have I won agree. the Hunger Games. I'm just going to throw that out there. On paper, mm-hmm. he's the best to win and did his thing. He was part of the last three. Of course, you got to have your your protagonist coming out on top. But I think he could have taken Katniss and Pita in a two-on-one scenario. Almost did, right? He could have, like you said, could have killed Pita.
1: Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for him. Like, I feel bad for him, too. Like, when he's getting torn apart and he's like, kill me. And he's like... Yeah. I, and I like that actor too. He plays Bjorn in Vikings. Right. He does a really good job. So no, I like him a lot. Yeah. But I'm I always wonder at the beginning when he's got his posse with him, his crew. They're probably all in the back of their head saying, "Well, eventually, if we all kill everybody, like what what happens next?" Yeah. Just no like squad a wins form- Exactly. Except there was so, one, but And that's what's brilliant about the first movie, how it ends, is like creating a scenario where she forces them to pick two winners or zero winners. And that's like the brilliance of the first book, how it ends, or the movie, I mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think either way, it would have ended in rebellion, right? I think whether or not mm. they had lived or died at the end, the districts may have we'll never know, obviously there, but that would have been enough. An act of rebellion against the capital. To say, we're not giving you your victor. We'll either Well, they decided to let them live and then actually be the faces of the rebellion. Whereas they would have been martyrs. And then there would have been an uprising. I think that was inevitable.
1: Yeah, The only solution is what Snow says, I think, in the second one. Where he's like, he should have just blasted you. Seneca should have blasted Katniss and killed her right on the spot. And then Peter would have been the only victor. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as she defied the, the, the capital. Right. And that's like another the the second thing I like about the whole series is the uh, reluctant hero aspect of Katniss like she's kind of thrust this mantle of you got to be this and she's she has she resists it at first and I feel like there's a lot of situations in life where it happens not in on the scale of like a dystopia apocalyptic society but like you are forced in situations and you just got to rise to the occasion and I really like that whole aspect in all the movies.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. I mean that's that pretty much sums up Katniss's entire persona. Is that she's not your prototypical hero. She's not overly likable, charismatic. She's just like I guess wrong place, right time because she ends up becoming that person for mm-hmm. everyone. That sing a symbol of hope yeah. and um, thrives under the the role. But then again, she ends up pretty messed up out of it all at the end.
1: Oh totally and like I just want to bring in the first movie the scene in the the reaping scene where her sister gets named first and I love how it takes her time to volunteer like to save her sister like it's almost like she's in denial and goes through all these emotions and like the way the whole scene is shot with the editing I find it actually really brilliant and the lack of color in the scene too and then like she realizes like okay I gotta do this and it brings to the point of like would you do that for someone and like, do you have the courage to do that? And she did. And I don't think a lot of people would. Like, I think it's pretty 50-50. Like, some people would just think of themselves first.
0: That's why the first movie just has so many layers to it of on human nature, really. And how, in that situation, like you just said, how would you react? And I like to think that, let's say, if it was me and Zach, my brother, that I would volunteer for him. But I don't know that how I how I would react in that situation. That's why she took the time to go through all those emotions Mm -hmm. and process everything. That's probably how we'd feel in that same situation. And Jennifer Lawrence captured that brilliantly. And I want to think, like I said, that I would volunteer because I don't know how you can live with yourself knowing that your younger sibling is probably going to die. There's a very good chance. They're not going to come out of it victorious. And you'd live with that guilt your whole life. So you'd rather go out saving your sibling, someone you love. I mean, that'd be rough on the family there, but at least um, you'd save your your sibling.
1: Do you you think Katniss would have volunteered if Prim was like a year older than she? Do you think, like, that brings an interesting point too. Like, she probably volunteered because she knew no way in hell Prim at 12, right, would stand a chance. Yeah. So there's that whole thing there too. Yeah.
0: I don't think Prim had the survival know. instincts either. Though, like Katniss was a proficient right. hunter, right? So she had all mm. the the predispositions to be more of a threat in the Hunger Games. So mm. I think that helped as well. And the, the significant age gap—I forget how old she actually is in the books, because I don't think she's eighteen. I think she's even younger, maybe sixteen. Although 16, Jennifer Lawrence think, is obviously way yeah. older. They're portraying Katniss, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting question for sure.
1: Yeah, they even they even show scenes of Prim, like Prim's not a fighter, she's more like a, a healer, like obviously. And I, I, The first movie, I just want to get in, like the first movie to me is my favorite one because the way it's shot and I love the editing and the lack of color in District 12 and then getting to the Capitol and it's complete 180. And yeah, I don't know if you want to get into each movie, but like the first one's my favorite. And I find the whole, the whole battle scene, the whole battle royale scenario is done to perfection in that one. I um, would agree
0: with that as well. I remember when my mom bought the first book. She read it and then passed it on to me and told me about mm-hmm. the, the setting. And I just thought it sounded insane, like an absolutely wild setting for a book and didn't know how it was going to play out. And I remember just eating that book up. And I loved it, loved the movie as well. I was super happy with the film adaptation. It's for sure my favorite one as well. I think there's just so much promise in that context. And just how smart it was of the author, Suzanne Collins, to basically divide civilization and have this concept of the Hunger Games that's a constant reminder to the outliner districts poverty essentially that the ruling class still rule like dominates you all and at every every year you're gonna have to give uh, two of your children to us and we're gonna watch them brutally murder each other for our entertainment and you're gonna Mm. have to watch and suffer while watching it so just a reminder of the class differences yeah i think hunger games is the best one in my opinion like i said i love Cato. Um Cadness is solid. I like Gail. Hey Mitch is good. Like all the actors portrayed the, the characters really well, I
1: thought. Except for one, right? PETA. I mean he played Talk the character a little well. Bit. <laughs> I
0: just hate okay. PETA.
1: Yeah, I don't like his character either. Okay, I don't mind but... the actor, but I don't like his decisions and I don't know the some of the looks he yeah, I don't like him either. But back to what you were saying, the classes like having this game to kind of put the districts in their place but also giving them the district thinks it's hope but it's not really hope like having a victor where okay well we can win and then like become rich after Mm -hmm. but like snow said like that's the only reason there's a victor is like to to keep the everyone in check so there's there's still hope i just want to say it it's almost like society now why the poor people in our society don't do anything about they don't, like, rebel because they, they have the hope that one day they're going to achieve the American dream and, like, make it big. We can get into a whole discussion on, like, the American system and all that, but that's, like, what it reminded me of. No, it's... Where you're not mad at rich people because you want to become them eventually one day. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we we could fall down a rabbit hole of talking about that, but we'll just stick to the movies.
0: Yeah. I'll also think, just to add quickly there, like, Caesar Flickerman, played mm-hmm. by Stanley Tucci yeah it was very good he really embodied the character from the books perfectly i thought they cast him super well and he had the energy and charisma down pat and um some good humor in the first one lenny kravitz was good too as cinna yeah um and obviously president snow plays more has more of a minimalistic role in the first movie but you get to see the um just the kind of character he's going to become, especially at the end, his look of frustration, looking upon the scene that's happened where, like you said, the districts see hope now that even two victors came out of district 12, but he sees this as what it has potential to become and the spark to, um, to burn down the first order. I mean, to burn down the Capitol.
1: Uh, And Donald Sutherland as snow is a highlight in all the movies for me. I love him as an actor and he's, just the looks he 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 acts without like speaking, it's just the looks he gives and his eyes, and very scary, mm, very and all scary. his dialogue is all his dialogue is like great, and there's so much hidden meaning in everything he says like a like a threat, like the scene with Seneca where he's like scolding him mm-hmm. at the end of the first one It's great yeah. and then he like yeah seals his fate basically I
0: kind of wish we would have had more of President Snow to be honest, like you're kind of squandered the opportunity for more donald sutherland on the screen
1: yeah and that's never a bad thing yeah and uh i find too like woody harrelson like Hamish, i would have liked to have seen more scenes with him like especially in the part three and part four but uh, i know there's only so much screen time and the movies are long enough as they are right mm-hmm. so you can't shove everything in there
0: and he really takes a back seat in the the later movies, yeah, Mitch, I would have liked yeah. to see him developed a lot more. To be honest, more than just a constant kind of comic relief, drunken mentor that doesn't care, but mm-hmm. then kind of comes in with some helpful insight to Katniss and Peta. But n- they only scratched the surface, I think, with what they could have done with his character. Yeah. But that being said, I still enjoyed his character in in the first one, anyways, mm-hmm. and. um that's all I had on Hunger Games. There, if you want to segue into Catching Fire, or if
1: you had another point. Yeah, just w- one other thing is that's the mark of a good series is the author is giving you what she's giving you in the books and movies, but you're always wanting more. Like she just scratched the surface of this world she created, and like we want more, which is a good sign. It means it was great, mm-hmm. so we want more details on stuff. You know, I would love to see. I'd watch the Hunger Games from every year and see like what happened and thrilling stuff like like Hamish's Hunger Game. Yeah.
0: Okay, so well, I was just going to segue to Catching Fire and for okay. that reason you just said is that that's what I like the most out of the Hunger Games universe is that it has something that's unique to itself and it's the Hunger Games. So that's why Catching Fire would definitely be my number two favorite of the series. I think the idea, I'm just going to fast forward to the end of the movie now to tee up the rebellion coming in the last two movies. Mockingjay was a sick twist. I loved it when I read it. I remember but looking back at it I kind of wish we would have gotten a better Hunger Games itself rather than something that was fully rigged for the rebellion to begin. In saying that though I do like that Plutarch Heavensby was like the in the key character in starting the uh, the rebellion there w- from the Hunger Games. But yeah. I would have liked to see more of actual champions go head to head and actually try to kill each other. I think that would have made for some better entertainment. Whereas the whole, the whole Hunger Games and Catching Fire, not that much happens. Of course, You're Peta right. becomes a liability, almost gets killed a couple of times, has to be resuscitated. Just kind of there. <laughs> um, I love the introduction of Finnick. I think he was an awesome character. If one of my favorites of the series. But again, I think kind of underused, but cool character they introduced. I loved Beatty, who's Beattie, played by yep. Jeffrey Wright, awesome actor. Can't go wrong, yeah. my boy.
1: Je- Jeffrey Wright's like one of the best actors. No one's heard about. Right? Like he's always amazing. Yeah.
0: And now, they, like I alluded to earlier, they really gave us more of the Gale, Peta, Katniss love triangle, where Gale kisses Katniss finally, proclaiming. Think his love for in that movie, which is a big move, good for him finally showing some courage and going for what he yeah. wants. Big Gale guy, I think, uh, also underused. I don't want that to become my catchphrase this episode, there, but um, it's more because they wanted to focus on Katniss and PETA, which is fine. And another thing that re watching it, I really picked up on was how they portrayed PTSD in Katniss and PETA, which I think they did an excellent job at their shared trauma. In rewatching it now for quite like a lot of times, I understand why she chose him in the end because they have that shared experience and it only makes sense that that's a bond that is much stronger than a childhood friend in Gale. But anyways, I have more to say on that later. So yeah, that's my rundown of Catching Fire. Still a good movie, I think. I really enjoy it. But mm-hmm. still, I've got a little tweaks I would have liked to see yeah. in there. But it's nitpicking maybe. And-
1: to continue on that it's also my second favorite but when i was re-watching it it takes about an hour like there's only 40 minutes of the movie left when the games start. about like 40 50 minutes and it's a two hour 20 minute long movie so you're not getting a lot of the games like you said mm-hmm. and i felt like in the book like it was more of a highlight in the book but um also a big Finnick and Beatty fan and Plutarch played by Philip Seymour Hoffman which is really sad to watch because it was his last few movies yeah. and I felt really bad like just watching him because I knew what, would, what was happening in his life at that point but I love the scenes when he's with Snow when he's playing like a double like when he's playing a double agent and he's like you know he's playing both sides so it's really interesting to hear what he says. And uh, like when Candace asks him, like, oh, how did you, why did you get, how did you get here? And he's like, oh, I volunteered just like you or something. He says something like that at the party. And, you know, like he had to get in there to orchestrate everything. I also like, I I didn't even think of a PTSD angle, actually. But now that I'm thinking about it, like she she has like, she's imagining her killing that uh, career guy from part one when she's hunting at the beginning. And yeah, when you mentioned that, I, I didn't even think about stuff like that. But it's true, Her only her and PETA can relate to because they've been through and it doesn't matter what Gale does, he can never have that. And I just, also the scene where he's getting like flogged in the square, like whipped, pretty brutal. And like that guy was ready to kill them all and then Hamish reminds him like, hey, they're important, P- we're important, which also pisses Snow off actually. So yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on in 2, but not focused on the games, more like political stuff. Which is a prelude, I guess, to part three and four where it's n- no games and just revolutionary stuff.
0: Full 180, yeah.
1: Yeah, f- literally. And which was jarring at first when watching in the theater, actually.
0: Mm, also jarring watching it last week, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was, yeah.
0: So the flaying scene, it's interesting you mentioned that there. I just thought of this while re-watching it the other day there. That actor who plays the peacekeeper... That's textbook in my experience as an extra, anyways. Textbook overacting. The voice yeah. that actor uses every time is just cringe to me. Like I don't care who he is. Like my guy thinks he's Batman or something. I don't know. It just <laughs> kills me every time. And the character adds nothing to the to the movie either. He's just there, like you're, you're right. kind of thinking like, okay, this guy's gonna be like the Captain Phasma of Peacekeepers, maybe. And he pretty much was based on his screen time. But <laughs> as maybe as an a notable villain or something, it would have been kind of interesting, but I just it's just a cringe scene. But I do like that Gale steps up in that moment there and I guess just eats flays. But Yeah, uh, I love
1: Ga- yeah. Gale. Yeah. Gail in the movie is awesome. Like he. I feel so bad for him. Like, you know, he's hiding all his feelings and he's got to live with watching her and Pita. Yeah. Poor guy. And he stands up for, like, injustice. Uh, yeah. No, Liam Hemsworth did a really good job portraying him too. He was awesome um, as Gale, for yeah. sure.
0: Do you think yeah. he... It would have been cool to see him in the games actually volunteer instead of PETA, but then again, he wouldn't that really want to awesome. go against Katniss, but...
1: No, he would. No, they would have had a scenario where he sacrifices himself for Katniss. I guess that would have been cool. Though that's the thing about the this. I love this thing about the games is no matter who you make friends with, there's only one winner. So it's like you both of you know in the back of your mind that at the in the end, you're my enemy. Like even Kato's girl, like from District One, like they're all friendly and stuff, and they probably you know maybe boyfriend girlfriend, but I don't know. One of them's gonna kill the other one eventually. I love that aspect
0: very dark indeed
1: yeah but it's yeah it is dark the movie is PG-13 but let's be honest like this could this is a really dark premise mm-hmm. and if anyone wants to watch uh, there's a Japanese movie called Battle Royale from 2000 and it's literally a class of ninth graders they get kidnapped and shipped to an island handed weapons and they have to do the same thing like last man wins Oh god! and they form little groups and they have guns and it's a really crazy movie and it's that's the rated R version so okay yeah. battle
0: Royale. We'll put that in the description. Yeah, it's very
1: famous, very famous movie. Yeah, I've definitely heard One of a, it for sure. Yeah.
0: But is it in Japanese? Like, is it a movie to watch? With yeah, the Japanese gotcha, gotcha,
1: gotcha, Subtitles, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the whole concept is very barbaric. It's like the gladi Gladiator games from ancient Rome, mm-hmm. and the people love it, you know. And that's another thing we can bring up is like, what's people's fascination with watching violence on TV? What is it because like, it's like life and death and the stakes are so high. It's so entertaining or maybe you can.
0: So I think from the district point of view is that they're actually forced to watch the games because that's something that mm. I was going to talk about later in. I recently read the, the newest book that came out in the Hunger Games universe, which is a prequel that um, dis- like covers an 18 year old Coriolanus Snow before he became President Snow. And at the time, this is during the tenth Hunger Games. I'll just give a quick preview of what I'll talk about later. And at the time, the districts did not watch the Hunger Games. It actually became imposed that they had to watch. So that's just a little little tidbit there. So I think from okay. that point of view, they're they're forced to watch. But in the capital, there's also the gambling aspect that's also covered in the books. That this is um, this is entertainment for them. They don't have the NHL or the NBA. It's the once a year Olympics, the Super Bowl, child murder. Yeah, you're right. It's their only
1: form of entertainment. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think that's that would be it off the top there. I think that's all they have, and it's they have an embarrassment of riches, right? So it's like the new horse races, basically.
1: And over the years, I'm guessing all the capital citizens are desensitized to the max on the killing. It to them it's oh people from so far away, I don't we don't care.
0: They don't even view them as people, I wanna say.
1: Which like that's the thing about this whole series is there's so much we can there's so many layers and themes mm-hmm. that we can just talk endlessly about. Yeah. But we can get in Mocking Jay Part one if you want.
0: Yep. Yeah. Do a mocking J rip. You can so. you wanna set
1: it off? Yeah. So, like, they decided to take the third book and do it into two parts, I guess, to cover every single thing in the book. And I remember going in the theater to watch part one and being super disappointed because I'm like, well, this is, like, half a movie. It's only, like, the beginning of a good story. Mm -hmm. And I was very, like, not, I guess, bored, but just, yeah, I was bored. I remember just sitting there going, okay, well, when are they going to cut this off? And, uh, I don't know, the whole, like, propaganda thing with, like, Coin wanting to shoot footage to encourage the rebellion i don't know but when i did rewatch mocking jay part one i did like it a little more so okay was that your impression the first time eric
0: yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely disappointed i remember in theaters walking out of there thinking like what was the justification or the decision making process that led them to split this in two parts and it's just to make money basically obviously right so yep It's a a half a movie, like you said, it kind of picks up at the end there, the bit of urgency in Gale and a few other um, trained military from District 13 going to rescue the, the victors who were captured in the Hunger Games and catching fire. Mm -hmm. And I remember, because it had been a while since I read the books, I forgot actually that they were going to be able to come back out of the Capitol, no problem. And I think that's a situation where probably something should have happened to Gale. They shouldn't have been allowed to get away that easily. I think, but then there was the whole PETA brainwashed plot. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why they had to let that slide. But that scene where Snow tells them that he's onto their plan is just a class act of acting, basically. Mm-hmm. He's terrifying in that scene as well. That's what I really picked up on this time rewatching. Is He's so pale and ghastly and just has a, a look that goes through Katniss and right through us after. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think snow more snow in this movie makes it a little better. Not a huge mm-hmm. fan of President Coyne, to be honest, I think. I just don't like her character, really. Yeah, I think Julianne I, Moore I like, played her well. Yeah. but
1: No, I really like Coyne's character in this. Like, I don't like what her character does, but I like... The fact that she she obviously is similar to Snow. And that whole angle of, like... She's basically the same as Snow, in my opinion. And the way Julianne Moore plays her, which, by the way, I love Julianne Moore as an actress, always have. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of similarities between her and Snow. And that's confirmed in the second movie. And, like, the things she says. But... uh no, I like that whole angle of like she's just as bad as him. If if they were in reverse positions, she would act the same way as Snow. She's that mentality, and I love that whole angle. That's what I like about the rebellion. It's like how they're thinking and how she's thinking. So, and also I noticed that Mahershala Ali's in the movie, and My I boy. didn't even know who he was when I saw it in the theater. Yeah, come a long way. Yeah, uh, he was great. Boggs, I think his name is. Yeah,
0: Boggs, yeah. great character.
1: Hate to see yeah. him then, go. Yeah, and then uh, Natalie Dormer, mm. right from Game of Thrones. Yep.
0: Don't know uh, the actor's name, but um, Marjorie. The guy, yeah. yeah, Marjorie, the guy who plays yeah. um, Fulton Reed in the Mighty Ducks movies and yeah. Foggy Nelson, Foggy. In Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know the actor's. Yeah, guy. his
1: name's like El Elvin Henson or something yes. like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, he he was great. He didn't have a line of dialogue. It was it was that was I was okay with that. I think. You can get annoying sometimes.
0: They gave him too much spotlight in the second one. So when I was making notes for this movie there, I really just lumped one and two together. Um, Okay,
1: Okay, let's... Yeah, we'll do them both together.
0: Yeah. So Um, what I would have liked to see, and I think you could probably agree with this, is less propaganda footage shooting and more boots-on-the-ground rebellion war zone action. That's what I would have loved to see. The whole rebellion's happening... To the side and we're seeing this whole other pointless storyline where they're basically trying to avoid probes, right? Boggs yeah. has the little, the little, um, Nintendo switch. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh right, yeah, there's two probes down there. Let's just avoid them and shoot our footage and get out of here. So, I mean, you're kind of on edge in that you, it looks like they're safe, but something could happen to them. So there's a bit of urgency in that they need to get these shots done ASAP and get out of there. But that's kind of a a cowardly approach. And if you remember from last episode, I'd much rather a leader be in the war zone a la Aragorn rather, not like Theoden was in Helm's Deep, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Hey,
1: leave (laughs) Theoden alone. (laughs) You would have liked a more military movie, like almost almost a mini war movie. And I would have liked that too, actually.
0: 100%.
1: It would have been more realistic too, to be honest. Like a military coup, almost like where two armies are facing each other. That would have been cool, actually.
0: Which they kind of mm-hmm. were. They had the power squad. You had Katniss, Boggs, Gale, Finnick, and then a few other extras, like the two mm-hmm. sisters that get clapped later on. Um, the other random military they have, and PETA gets thrown in there. Um, but. Yes, I would have preferred to see Gale's character develop even more as a more proficient military leader, which they show a lot lot of, actually, him making big decisions at the war table and giving his opinions and their valid points. So that's where Mm -hmm. he's miles ahead, a much cooler and likable character than Peta, especially in these times of urgency where big decisions need to be made, but rather you have this clown on the sidelines, neurotic. You don't know what's going on in that head. And next thing you know, he could try to gun down Katniss and they'll just brush it off as, Oh no, he's dealing with trauma. You know, he's brainwashed. It's okay. Give him carte blanche on that one. Mm -hmm. I just don't buy that. Like I saw him Jay part two. I told you before I recorded this for the first time ever last week, Peter in cold blood murders a member of their squad with no repercussions when they're mm-hmm. trying to escape the sea of whatever that was, oil coming into the, the little courtyard, just tries to kill Katniss, first of all. That gets overlooked real quick. And then mm-hmm. shoves another guy in the sea of oil. So I, I couldn't believe that watching it. I thought Gale should have gunned down Peta on the spot. Peta even said the next move is to kill me. Give the guy his wish. I don't know. That's like <laughs>
1: I didn't even think about that. You're right. They give him like get out of jail free cards one too many times. It seems like, <laughs> yes. and like I like when he gives him a gun. He's like empty cartridge and then hands Peter the gun just for the footage. Make sure he has a gun. But I think that's the only reason they're keeping Peter alive is so the Capitol sees him. But no, I don't. I don't know the whole Peter thing and Peter's arc in all the movies. I don't know if it it could have been different or better. I find like it could
0: have or it's could a, have. Off,
1: yeah. No, I think it should have been better, actually. But then again, I don't know what the author was thinking. Maybe she kind of said, like, well, that's what happens to him, and I'm sticking to it. I would have liked something different, I guess, is what I mean to say.
0: Yeah, you and me yeah.
1: both. And I'm not the biggest fan of the jo- Josh uh, Hutcherson. Mm-hmm. That's the actor's name. Bridge to I don't know. There There's a reason why we don't see him. Like, he was a good kid actor, maybe, but like yeah. you don't see him anymore. I would have liked more scenes with Gale and Katniss. But I do like the second Mockingjay part two. I do like it, if only for the fact that once Coin wins, it's like reveals her true colors. And it's basically like that song from The Who, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, you know. (laughs) But it's basically like she's just as bad. As uh, the, her predecessor, and you see that throughout history in our world, like that happens all the time. The new, the new person that does the revolution ends up just as bad as the previous dictator. So, and then Katniss makes a really great decision of uh, killing Coin at the end. I love that scene, by the way. Like Snow's look after and his laugh, mm-hmm. perfection. Yeah.
0: All great points, especially yeah. Coin's turn. At the end there where like you said she's just as bad as snow and um, that scene at the round table there where they're basically voting on having another hunger games one last hunger games yeah. for the capitals children you know that's not going to be a one and done situation that's going to nope. be a yearly thing and you're going to get caught yeah. in the same cycle so re-watching it i was glad i knew when katniss and hey mitch both voted that they were in favor of it is that they were going to turn on coin. I'd forgotten about that, but I knew she wasn't going to go along with it there and realized on the spot that, um, like you, like the who said it best. Right. <laughs> I don't know that song, but I'm just going to go with what you said. Um, I think that was a great scene. And then the execution was also great. Mm-hmm. I agree. Those are the, two of the highlights of the movie. I think for me,
1: absolutely. It has a strong ending in my opinion, like to the saga, like maybe not the last last scene, but the whole like coin getting what she deserves. And you know exactly, you know, there's going to be she's going to keep the Hunger Games going because then after the first one, she'll be like, oh, it went yeah. so well. We're going to do this again. And District 13 basically becomes the capital and the capital becomes the new District 13. exactly The and district
0: like, that never had really to submit distra- tributes, right?
1: Exactly. And capital. And I don't I haven't read that prequel book, but like I imagine when Snow got to power, the people like how he took control or the people that he took down became the new low uh, like District 13 or the, the peasants to use like a medieval term. And then his crew became the elite. And that's what happens in like the cycle so mm-hmm. and then the people like at the if coin got her away the people of the capital becoming the district 13 they would probably rebel in a hundred years or maybe sooner actually and i can't believe coin thought that was a good idea because she should have seen anticipated like oh i'm not going to do the same thing as snow i'm going to do something new and not have seeds of rebellion eventually Yeah, she was not smart enough think about it like why would she act just like snow maybe she thought she wasn't though i don't know
0: maybe yeah that the mind of a sociopath is something we mm-hmm. could analyze for years and still never understand.
1: Like the decision she made to impersonate, like she made it seem like uh, president snow bombed his own people and soldiers. And like, it was really her move, which was a brilliant move, but it only works for like that initial time. And then after it comes out, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And I guess her wish was that it got buried buried and no one would have realized but, uh, no, Katniss gave her what she deserved. And you see that throughout history, or uh, in other movies too, like, governments planning things, like, to make it look like an excuse to go invade another country. Like, you know, all the conspiracy theories. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, you're about to get deep on some conspiracy no. theories there.
1: No, because I'm not going to talk about recent stuff, but in, in like, ancient history, and, like, they always had the excuse to go invade something. For like sure. oh. Dress your soldiers as the enemy, and as the enemy, and then attack, and it's like, oh, now we can go invade them. So, yeah, yeah it's that whole thing. But I gotta say, though, Prim, Prim getting bombed like that's pretty heartbreaking. Losing her sister,
0: yeah, it's rough um,
1: because that's the whole reason why it started. And I don't know, and it, it kind of sucks for tri- Katniss.
0: The ultimate yeah. sacrifice that Katniss makes in volunteering for the Hunger Games ultimately didn't save her sister, right? It's like- it was all for nothing kind of
1: for her it was for nothing but it did change society yes. which was good but she lost like the person she loved and uh, like the most It
0: is rough for sure yeah. but yeah. what are your thoughts on that they really used prim's death as the the major um event that caused the the unresolvable rift between gale and katniss was that gale was in leagues with Coin and knew that Prim was going to be a part of that bombing as a first responder kind of thing. I think that's kind of a stretch in my opinion.
1: I didn't even think of that, to be honest. Yeah, that I find it a stretch too. It didn't even cross my mind.
0: In the scene um, where Gale, uh, Katniss confronts Gale close to the end of the mm, movie, actually, once right. they've overtaken the Capitol, they have a conversation about that and asking Gale if he knew that was the plan. And he right. doesn't deny knowing that coin was going to bomb the Capitol. But, I mean, Prim took a calculated risk in wanting to bravely become a first responder and become the youngest doctor in Pan Am. Or, but she was acting as a nurse. So, mm-hmm. especially in war times, I mean, you know what you're signing up for. Yes, it's a very sad scene, a tragic death. Blaming the homie Gail for it. Kind of a stretch, like I said.
1: Just they had to get Gail out of the picture. Like an excuse for her to end up with PETA at the end? Yes. And yep. like, we don't have to worry what happened to Gail. Yeah, okay. For story's sake, it was very convenient then to to think that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't, there's no way Gail knew the details. Like he probably knew what Coin was doing, but not like where and how. And like, because like she... Those bombs like dropped, like Katniss could have been killed, yep. and I think Coin would have been fine with that. To be honest, oh, that's that Let's was her intention. Honest. Let's be honest, like when Katniss is like, "What if I, if I die, make sure you capture it on tape or whatever," yeah. in the part one. Uh, no, I like Coin. Her character—that's the reason I like her character, though. Like the ev- you think she's good, but she's actually evil. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's true. You've given yeah. me some. Reasons to rethink my opinion of Coin, actually. Yeah. She plays the character but I like, super well. Yeah.
1: In in all every movie I watch, I love characters like that. Like, not a hundred percent good, not a hundred percent evil. And I, she's not a hundred percent evil, but she's just maybe because of her child. Didn't didn't she lose her husband and kid? They said, maybe that that like threw threw her over the edge, and now it's the end justifies the means type mm-hmm. scenario. So. Yeah, I just, I didn't even think of that. I yeah, know. It's, it's she good. lost everything, so.
0: I so, know, yeah, it's a, a good rundown on the, the four movies, I think.
1: There's more themes, but, like, we don't want to be here for three hours. Yeah. The other ideas I have was just, like, more discussions on the actual, like, Hunger Games themselves and, like, s- mentalities, what you're going to do, like, when you're in there but uh, we can save that for what do you wish you would like maybe like spin-off ideas, but I'll get into that later okay. actually. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. I just want before wrapping up character talks for now, is just kind of lay into the PETA character. I mean, I've only okay. scratched the surface on how I feel about this clown and I have a little more to say. So go in, for it. Like I've made it pretty clear that I was hoping Gale and Katniss would end up together. When I read the books, I remember I was genuinely frustrated that she wakes up next to PETA. That's how you find out in the books is that they've now, it's been years have passed. They're overcoming their trauma together slowly yet surely. They have kids now, good for them, but I was pretty rattled, I'm not going to lie. He's the guy you're, you're supposed to like or kind of feel bad for in the first movie especially. You don't see him until his name gets called in the reaping, mm-hmm. right? And you're just yep. like, he, he actually looks tiny compared to the other boys in the area, right? I think that's done on purpose to make him look even more like the underdog. And then, so that's what I'm saying. He's the underdog from the start. And then out of nowhere, when they get to the capital, spins on a dime, becomes a man of the people, charismatic, um, just weaving a web of lies and cracking jokes with Caesar Flickerman, who's a veteran host on national television in a foreign land to him, right? And with the riches now. He used to be throwing bread to pigs, but now he can roll with the high rollers, right? So that's just something and it makes him even more likable, right? You're supposed to like this guy and want maybe Katniss to feel differently about him. That did not work on me. I just absolutely hate PETA and like I've already touched on earlier the man is a liability in every single movie. Another thing, how his skill of
1: of <laughs> oh my god, that's ridiculous.
0: You know what I'm gonna say, right? The icing. Yeah,
1: I know exactly.
0: <laughs> the he used to do the icing on the cakes at the bakery, <laughs> and can do full body camouflage that seems perfectly into a boulder
1: and moss academy award winning makeup effects (laughs) from a guy who puts icing on a cake (laughs) i know i i hate that throwaway line like oh i used to ice the cakes at the bakery like that that is that supposed to justify like master level class like drawing (laughs) uh decorating skills or whatever Uh, oh man but yeah that's no i just that that's like it makes me laugh that's just like i don't know you know what? I don't like that scene at all, actually. Now that you mention it, it's stupid.
0: Yes, it is stupid. I don't know what
1: you was... I don't even know what you. Just to have that scene in the in the dome where that's how we hid, like, oh, okay, remember his skills from earlier? Now, like, we can't even... We just see his head pop out of a rock, which is kind of creepy, actually. It's super creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh, what is it? remind? It reminds me of something from another movie, but I can't remember right now. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Me too. But,
0: it reminds me of something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but like someone blending with a tree or something, or coming out. And anyways,
0: yeah, like Um, the Indominus Rex in Jurassic
1: World. (laughs) So do you not like Peta's like switch of like personality? You think it's too much, or like he goes from like nobody to like oh he can smooth talk anyone.
0: Yeah, that's Um, what I was saying. It's like where does this come from? I don't know. Maybe he that was a hidden skill that he had there, but. It didn't seem that way from the initial moment in the reaping. Maybe there's nerves mm-hmm. going and a million things racing through his mind. So he's obviously looking anxious and shook. But then when he gets to the capital, like I said, he just instantly blends in like he's been here his entire life. I don't know. I just don't buy it every time I watch it. Um, maybe it's just my um, predisposition to hate PETA, I guess. That doesn't allow me to appreciate his good qualities but I'm just gonna be a hater I'll say it most people yeah. like Pita I do not
1: yeah me neither but his talking skills must be great because I would have loved to have seen the scene where he convinces the careers like hey I can I can hunt down cat or I mean they probably forced him to but like he still had that initial confrontation where they don't kill him as soon as they see him and he had to say hey guys I can help like I would have loved to have seen that, that interaction. Did he initiate it? Did they initiate it? It's great I mean, it was point. all a ploy. Yeah. It was all a ploy on his part, but still. Mm-hmm. Like, he hung out with the careers, and I mean, that takes guts and smooth talking. Yeah, They, it they saw him throw that shot...
0: medicine ball, yeah. right? And I guess they had to recruit oh, that's, him right away.
1: That's like a funny scene. Peter, throw that. Throw that as far as you can. It's like, okay. Like, you don't think Cato can do that? Probably. <laughs> right. And the other dude, too, is like Thresh, too, is like massive biceps, like. Okay, Peter's strong because he's a country. He's a baker. Like he, he works with his arms all day. But yes, they made that a point in the books. Like he can lift a hundred pounds over his head. All right, even in the movies, so can they say. probably half. So can half the, the people out there too. Probably, yeah. I don't know.
0: Um, that's a great point. I never even thought of that. But that would have been a great scene to actually include. Because it's kind of not really believable how he got to their side unless they really forced him to be their scout, basically, and find Katniss for them. Like a hunting Mm -hmm. dog, essentially. But, yeah, it would have been cool. But I probably would have hated that scene, to be honest. If if it would have been him smooth-talking the careers into believing that he'd be a trustworthy ally and would want to flip on Katniss, who he professed his love for in the interview the night before the uh the hunger games i don't know
1: right yeah you're right it makes no sense the the scene probably plays out they're about to kill him he gets on his knees and he begs them like <laughs> i can help you find katniss no let's be honest that's how the scene goes yeah yeah and Peta and Peter and mocking jay part one and two he's just like i mean he looks like shit in part one he's like brainwashed he hardly looks like he slept <laughs> and then he like he tries to attack her and you're just like ugh. I remember being, reading those books, actually, and being shocked, like, of his actions. Like, when he tries to, like, strangle her, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Like, they they, impl- they implanted memories, obviously, in his brain of, like, him disliking her, I guess. or mm-hmm. I don't no. totally understand that 100%. But not, not a highlight of those movies. Katniss is the highlight. She's awesome. Jennifer Lawrence is awesome as Katniss. And mm. there's really good, like, part one and two have just great scenes in the hunger games and it's like a amazing concept the uh, the battle royale type fighting and it's just very yeah it's thrilling and that's
0: why like i think we've already touched on it there but just to sum it up that that's where it takes a turn for me is that we get away from the the unique hunger games aspect to the rebellion that we don't even see so to wrap it up i'd like another series i guess that covers the the Actual rebellion, but at the same time do we need to actually see it again from another angle probably not They just should have done that I think instead of the propaganda and again, you're getting a great cast in well, maybe great <laughs> a stretch, but um Marjorie uh, Natalie dormer Her character was okay. I mean just the fact that she was um, a Major player in getting the propaganda footage makes me dislike her character a little bit Um, Mahershala Ali's character like I've already said is awesome and I'm I was Mm -hmm. sad when he died but loved one of his final words "In kill PETA if you have to amen should have done it
1: also you you, we talked about Finnick like his his final scene is like heartbreaking Mm -hmm. to me I love that scene but it's a great character I really like that actor too and uh, the ultimate sacrifice and it's it's a good it's a really good moment in the movie
0: Finnick is awesome like I said yeah underused, he is I think um, yeah that's all I had on PETA I think unless something else comes to me there but uh, that's all I have for now and the games themselves the the four movies Any closing remarks on those movies
1: my closing remarks are I recommending recommend them to everyone because the the concept the premise of the movie is like the that's the best part of the series and the world they live in is cool, but like it's really about those Hunger Games. That's why, like, that's what the first book's called. Yep. And uh, it is called that. It might dip off, but I think the ger- it's worth it's worth getting to the end because even the minor like the gripes we had on the movies, it it's ultimately worth it in the end, in my opinion. My thoughts went up on the series after rewatching it. I think it, I think it's It's a solid franchise. They
0: brought it to life really well. Like, it's a very yes. good adaptation of the books, which you don't always get mm-hmm. in some other series. Like, like, I don't even know if we need to talk about the others there, but, like, Divergent and Maze Runner, I've only seen the first of each series. Just kind of corny, similar concepts, but not as good, in my opinion. And a more overpowered protagonist in Triss, I want to say, in Divergent. I remember mm. just hating her because she instantly picked a- picked everything up and was good at everything. Like, I'd rather a flawed protagonist, like a Katniss, yeah. who is very good with her bow- bowmanship, but struggles heavily, mightily in the games and needs help from others. So, anyways, not...
1: Yeah, Maze Runner and Divergent, they're just inferior, like, f- films. Like, the level of acting and the look, probably smaller budget, but they're just not as... Uh... The world of The Hunger Games is amazing like the costumes the setting the way it was done above head and beyond like above shoulders above uh maze runner and uh, divergent which maze runner i really like the first one then it just all goes downhill from there like the first maze runner is really cool because they're not like they're in the enclosed location so it's really cool right but uh yeah i don't want to get into those really
0: okay we're on the same page yeah. then So for the future of the franchise, you want to kick us off for what you had uh, prepared to talk about?
1: The future? Yeah. Well, actually, can you start off by talking about the snow book? Because I don't really know much about that.
0: Sure. So it's a book that just dropped in in mid-May called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And it brings us back to the 10th Hunger Games, in which we follow an 18-year-old Coriolanus Snow, President Snow, before he was president, and he's already part of a rich family who's kind of fallen out of favor within the capital post rebellion or post uh, the Dark Age is what they call it there of the rebellion and all the war, anyways. So he's kind of struggling to really cement his place in Cap or Panem history, and has great aspirations and wants to be someone who is remembered, respected, revered, the three R's. And awesome character for... I absolutely love the book. The reviews, if you want to read some online there, spoiler free, of course, weren't that glowing for the book, but I loved it. I destroyed the book. Humble brag. But I would definitely recommend it. If you like the universe, read it, and then go watch the movie, because I'm super happy that they are going to make a movie. Can't wait to see who they cast as Snow. But anyways, so... He basically mentors a tribute in the games. Not having participated in the Hunger Games himself, but that's a new ruling that they incorporated in the 10th Hunger Games is that they wanted students from the academy to be mentors for districts' tributes. So there's 24 mentors. So that's not really a spoiler. It's pretty early on in in the book. But what I really loved about it is that you see a lot of things... As of the 10th Hunger Games that we see in the 74th Hunger Games. In the first movie of our series that we've seen. So a lot of the things that weren't a part of the games were added in this book. Which was cool. So nice little easter eggs and stuff. But a whole new slew of characters. Um, There are only three characters actually that you'd recognize the names. Not going to say who. But um, great stuff. Absolutely love Snow. You, You really root for him the whole book. Because he's your protagonist, obviously. And you get to see from who he's influenced, like some of his mentors, and where he gets some of his, um, I guess, um, tendencies from. So he learns a lot along the way. And his story is wild. I loved it. Every every chapter ends on a pretty big note. So it really makes you want to keep reading. They definitely could have more books because it's a marathon, not a sprint, for this man's career and there's still a lot more story to be told to catch us up to where he is in the hunger games series.
1: Uh, all right. You convinced me. I'm, I I will read the book now. Cause I do like the character a lot and I have a feeling like in the book, he's not as evil as he is in the hunger Games series. Like he, he gets influenced maybe. So no, I'm, I like psychological studies like that. Like how someone's way of thinking gets molded and shaped. Um, yeah, and it's probably an easy read, right? Like all the other Hunger Game books are an easy read, not complicated. Um, just crush those. Very. Easy. What I would like to, see, yeah. What I would like to see, I have two ideas. One is, it's a little more like to cater to my tastes, okay. me being a big like horror film guy. But I would like it be a rated R Hunger Games movie probably set around like the 50 40 or 50th hungry maybe the 50th like the quarter quell okay. for the 50th like it. but it would be a bloodbath movie <laughs> less emphasis on story more on like entertainment and like an under maybe an underdog story where this guy is there's no way in hell he's gonna win and then like from zero to hero type story okay. and it would not it would not tie into like anything we've seen before it's just like a one-off Standalone movie in that universe, that would be like a visual treat. Maybe not like you know the movie Three Hundred with yep. Gerard Butler, like not like that too stylized and violent, but a type of like, just like just gonna have a good time popcorn movie. Okay, that's one of my ideas. I
0: like it, like a Tarantino <laughs> yeah. Hunger Games movie, maybe. Yeah, exactly,
1: a, a really like fun one with great di- like a f- exactly. Wait, that's rated- a that's well said, a Tarantino one, yeah.
0: think that'd be awesome i'm on board for that idea
1: less political more like violence uh more like battling a lot of battles basically yeah yeah
0: which would be awesome
1: again games of cat and mouse and like chases and i don't know it could be really cool and like go into each contestant like maybe not all 24 of them but like follow like you have your favorites and your ones you don't like uh pick like good actors for each one i don't know like kind of like a dirty uh
0: like a a baker's dozen
1: yeah yeah maybe like 12, 12 recognizable names but then you know eventually some of them are gonna die but it doesn't matter they're just awesome characters yeah
0: so the thing yeah. is though you have to get some up-and-coming child actors or i guess they could be young adults right just no but they
1: characters. would all be close it's 12 to 18 right, right. It'd be more closer to... They'd be all, like, older. You'd cast, like, like 18. A, a
0: Timothy Chalamet.
1: Oh, he couldn't even... I don't even know how that guy holds a weapon. His arms are so small. He could I be... I love like, him as an actor, but he's he looks puny.
0: Yeah, he'd be um, a close combat or, like, throwing knives kind of thing. Like, that girl oh, right. in Hunger Games right. 1, their clove. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of actors no, they, who could yeah. fit that age range. Man.
1: They... Like we'd pick actors in their young, tw- in their late, in their twenties, and they'd be playing eighteen-year-olds. But it doesn't. Who cares? Yeah, it would just be fun. For sure. And honestly, because this is a quarter quell, they can make up their own rules and have people that are older. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like even maybe a competition, like uh, a competition to get in to become like that contestant, a feat of strength or something, or okay. I don't know because you know let's say what if two people volunteer in district one like who gets it i never thought of that but fight
0: to the who death would get i believe it? is the the rule of thumb there no i don't know just actually. to
1: become the contestant i wow. don't know
0: i, I want to say it's like predetermined in that okay you're waiting until you're 16 then you're going in like they already have it in oh, writing that okay. that year it's that it's Cato, right. and then the next year it's okay. whoever right
1: it's the next up and coming yeah, yeah.
0: you just have to prove okay. yourself from a very young age train diligently and then become a top prospect and then you earn your your spot, basically. Okay. Which is not something I'd yeah. want to aspire to, to have in, in one of the richer districts, right? Like in a one to three, I'd rather just be like the son of a rich merchant that I can live off their um, earnings and stuff. <laughs> just take my training yeah. very mildly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Like why... You're not guaranteed to win. Like, yeah, they said most winners are from those districts, but Jesus. Yeah. Um, the other idea is, just because I like Hamage so much, and I think they do explain in the books how he won his game, but I would like to see a, a movie where it's all about Haymitch. Uh Or maybe even the Finnick one, the one where Finnick wins his Hunger Games.
0: With Finnick... I don't know. They couldn't even cast the same guy because he's like 14 when he won. He's the youngest one ever to win.
1: Exactly. Which would be cool to watch, right? Would be cool. Yeah. The only thing but with then those we know the is, outcome. That's the only problem. I was just going to say. We already know the outcome. You yeah.
0: know what the end is. You don't know what the journey is, right? True. So, yeah. there's still, there'd be merit in that. They even talked about a Hey Mitch prequel. prequel. Like, that was initially what the next project was. But then they, oh, okay. they shelved that. And now they put the hmm. snow project on the cutting room floor. Who knows? It could happen, right? There's a good chance that, and those two are fan favorite characters. So there's definitely Mm -hmm. potential there. Is there anyone else we'd really want to see how they won? There aren't that many characters we know of that won like Beattie. I mean, I love Jeffrey Wright, but the character wasn't incredible enough that I'd love to see his origin stories. No, and it wouldn't be him playing him either. So, yeah. Mitch would be cool. Finnick would be cool. I'd like an, another little side story in there though besides just the games. But like I to said, to me it's I love all the
1: about the game. Yeah, to me it's all about the game, so like that's all I just want that's to see funny. a whole movie where it could be minute 1 starts as it's the start of the <laughs> game and then like flashbacks throughout when they're intercutting scenes of them before the game while the game's happening. Mm-hmm. Like I fu- in the movie, the games are only about forty-minute running times in each movie, right? You're not—it's not the main focus. Yeah, you're right.
0: Like a, a an older Haymitch looking back, like writing a an a, an a human's tale by Haymitch Abernathy, like writing his own book.
1: <laughs> okay, like something set in the yeah. It, all our ideas are like prequels, but yeah, something set after Hunger Games. Yeah. That could be good too, actually. Like, what's the world look like now? Like, who's in charge? So
0: that's actually a question yeah. I got yeah. was, who would okay. you name as president after uh, Coin or and Snow, right? Who do yeah. you think they should name as president?
1: I mean, uh, I was going to say Peter as a joke, but that's not funny. No. Uh,
0: Unstable. Well, Pluto- no, it,
1: honestly, Eric, there would not be a president. There would be a council.
0: Game of It'd Thrones It
1: would be like... It'd be a democracy with maybe like a prime minister, but there would be no president. It'd be Plutarch and that bunch from, uh, you know, that you see at the end. Right. Honestly, yeah. Plutarch. What's your answer? It'd be him. Plutarch.
0: I've yeah. forgotten yeah. about him, actually, yeah. just because yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, passed away, right? So that's why they couldn't have more scenes with him in there. They had filmed all of his scenes already, mm-hmm. but the one scene where Hamish is reading a letter to Katniss was initially going to be him saying what's in the letter, right? But they uh. they weren't able to film that scene, so they had to adapt with the letter. And oh, I knew shit. right away that that's what that was. Whenever you have a letter the, divulging important information when an actor's passed, normally that's why they're delivering doing the scene that way. I think it would be him. Other than that, though, I was struggling to think of who would run Panem. I think there are a few other characters introduced in Mockingjay Part 1. Don't remember their names. Like, are we putting Brienne of Tarth as president? I don't think... Or prime minister? I don't
1: think so. Or the other lady. The other lady like couldn't tell too. you her
0: name. I don't even remember if Oh, I wrote it name.
1: down. Uh, I have her name written down, but I don't have my notes in front of me for some reason. It's a rookie um, move. Yeah, Bri- yeah, Brienne. I forgot she was in the movie. Another Game of Thrones. A little, oh, little cameo yeah I don't know. they're very military those people, so I don't know if you want them in charge no I think you you need to you need to put someone in charge who's li- actually lived at the capital like plutarch mm-hmm. uh like it can't just be someone from a random district they're not they have, still have to weave the political machine of the capital and there's gonna still be enemies like like rich nobles or whatever there's still the elite of the capital there right yeah. And they all look weak with their, like, colorful dresses and, like, makeup and stuff. But I'm sure they are they got money and they can do nasty things. They look harmless on the surface, but I'm sure it's, like, backstabbing galore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There could be a whole series on, like, just the Capitol and, like, the goings-on. Uh, day-to-day life in the Capitol and, like, political a Game intrigue. of Thrones. Yeah, a political I was going to say, like, a bunch plays.
0: of viruses up there.
1: <laughs> yep. Right? exactly yeah
0: um yeah that'd be interesting i'd also like to see maybe the the initial rebellion against the Capitol that got the hunger Games started like the original uprising against the Capitol. like that'd be cool that's to a see great it. idea seeing district 13 get blown up would would fit in with that storyline right um that'd be cool because yeah, we have no characters. idea
1: what happens yeah Although we know
0: the capital is going to win, we'd still have heroes. And then we could maybe even have heroes on both sides to make it a more, not as black and white as we've seen with our heroes in the hunger games series fighting the evil capital. There's definitely some merit on the capital side to want to preserve a nice way of life for themselves against I don't know, maybe some... Or see some ruthless, brutal violence. You got to have rated R for this on the side of the districts.
1: I like that idea a lot, actually. Uh, a lot of options.
0: Yeah. That's all I had for, like, spin-offs. Do you have anything Yeah, me to too. Add? Yeah? Yeah. So I had a couple of submissions. So the first one I asked there about the president was from Zach, my bro. So thanks, Zach. Another Tough one question, was... Man. So from Sarah, our cousin, three-time guest was not a question but I'm gonna read the text so it was I have an interesting perspective on Hunger Games if I saw the first movie in theaters and had a really hard time with it so much that I refused to support the series and have since not seen any Hunger Games movies since and I love Jennifer Lawrence my issue with it is the concept of children killing other children while adults watch them do so for entertainment I understand that it is a dystopian world, but I still had a really hard time watching. And I felt like when I bought a ticket, I was supporting the concept and also felt as though I was a part of the crowd in the movie.
1: Oh, so. that brings a really interesting point of like, are we bad for liking? Like, like I'm I'm saying I'm being entertained by watching this on screen, right? This Hunger Games in a movie. is Does that make me a little like, Is that wrong of me to say that I know it's all fake right but it brings the point like why do we like why as humans do we like watching that I don't know I can't it's really hard to answer her question because I'd have to delve into my mind like why do we watch these things Mm
0: -hmm. well I think Sarah's maybe emotional intelligence was above ours in that she felt How we would feel if we were actually in in the movie watching The Hunger Games. Whereas we're watching a movie, we can kind of justify it a little better. True. But you don't think of it that way, but Sarah did. And I think... Good point. I also wouldn't be able to watch that if it were actually happening. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to. I can hardly stomach some nasty gore to begin with. So I don't think I'd watch that and be okay with it. But no, it was an interesting
1: perspective. It is very, and you can't you can't argue like if if that's how she felt like, I don't blame her for not liking it like yeah I would hate it too if I felt that way I would find it barbaric, and uh, people who have kids people who have kids like that's even worse for them right picturing your kid, hundred percent like imagine the parents of those kids in the movie the parents of those kids like free, it
0: was a very meta um, submission and I, I liked it. But yes, the parents mm-hmm. of the kids, like when Rue dies in the first movie, right? Yeah. The um, we assume is the father who starts the um, the rebellion or the yeah. little riots in District Eleven, right? After she's killed, that's how I see right. it. Anyways, is that yeah. that's Rue's father, who's vent airing out his frustration against the Capitol. There, it must be brutal. You can't sleep probably during the entire Hunger Games. You're constantly on edge, cold sweats.
1: And it's all there on screen right in front of you. Like you have to, you, you have to watch it. Can't avoid it. Like even like a Gale in Part Two is working in the mines, and like they've got a screen right in his workplace, right there, like You're watching right. work.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna watch Peeta and Katniss forcefully fall yeah. for each other. It's super cringe. I yeah. actually think that's all we got as questions. It's all good yeah. though.
1: We covered well, it pretty. It's not good. like. Yeah, it's not the most. It's not like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Like Hunger Games is not something everyone's seen. It's not a. It's not in pop culture as much as other things, right? So. Mm -hmm. It's popular, but like a lot of people have not seen it. Am I correct in saying that? Like.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's also a more recent phenomenon right like at least 10 years after harry potter more than 10 years but still no it never reached the heights that uh, harry potter lord of the rings did it never will i don't think especially as we've already discussed the movies dip in quality so Mm -hmm.
1: the movie stayed in the literary and movie universe and never made its way to like lego or any other merchandising like it's not part of our it doesn't even come close to star wars no And I've met people that still haven't seen Star Wars, and I call them crazy, and I'm like, what are you waiting for?
0: It's interesting, though, because some people who've never seen Star Wars as adults now and then watch it for the first time won't love it as much as we did when we were younger, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know if it's something about Star Wars that appeals more to younger people and then just sticks with them their whole lives, and they have that bias towards it. Maybe that's exactly what it is. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. You like, yeah. We're not going to get a uh, whole nostalgia discussion, but yeah. yeah.
0: We've covered Star Wars a lot on the
1: podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about this, but I don't want, not, it, now's not the place. We, we will talk about Star Wars probably in another podcast sure. when something else comes out. So get right we'll on. get into that then.
0: So yeah, no, that's uh, all we had for um, submissions. Thanks a lot, Sarah and Zach. Appreciate it. And thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it not parting words for the audience
1: yeah i hope everyone enjoyed listening to the episode and if you haven't listened back to the harry potter one do so because our guest was awesome on it um, and it was a really great episode so just make sure you listen to the harry potter one too
0: absolutely and any others that you may have missed but yes exactly absolutely killed it on there great
1: times it yeah that
0: was a good one So, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. I hope everyone's staying safe. Thanks for listening again. Yeah, peace.